last 40 days, uh, throughout the season of Lent, we've been doing something different here at West. We've been focusing on going deeper in our own spiritual journey. And what we've been doing to be intentional about that is memorizing scripture verses or trying to memorize them every week. We're doing this thing called text in church. And if you would get out your cell number, if you put this number in your cell, then once a week you'll get a text with the Bible verse that you can focus on for the week ahead. Uh, Several of you said that you've really enjoyed uh, focusing on going deeper uh, with your faith journey. So we are going to continue this after Lent is over and and see see what happens and see if you still feel like it's meaningful. But if you'd grab your cell phone, if you don't already get the text, if you would type in the number 704- 3438955 you will get uh we will not bombard you with text but you will get a text and it will be the scripture verse for the week so uh this they've been very um warm and fuzzy scripture verses about how we can grow closer to God and how God sustains us in and through all things but today as we get ready to to come to the communion table and celebrate the last supper that Jesus had with those that he was closest to in the upper room that night before they took him and they beat him and and they held him captive and then ultimately the next day crucified him. This week's verse is is actually going to have some accountability on our part. It's it's a powerful Bible verse. It's taken uh, from the book of Luke and it is, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Let's read that one more time. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. The bottom line is the road to the cross is costly. We would like for it to be easy. Uh, there's this misnomer out there with many that once you, you know, fall in love with God radically and, and we allow God to radically change our lives and our hearts and our souls, that life ought to be easy. And if you have, have been a follower of God or of Christ for any time at all, you know that uh, that's not true. In fact, I would argue that sometimes it's even harder because there is a cost that comes to discipleship. Jesus talked a lot about picking up our cross and following him. And uh, that, was, that requires act active effort on our part to actually pick up the cross and then follow. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little this morning, but that's the verse that I would like for us to remember uh, this next week. I find when I am in difficult seasons of life or facing difficult circumstances and, and I'm asking God out of frustration and anger and sadness and hurt and all those other feelings that we as humans feel, I'm like, you know, why, why does it have to be like this? Why is it so hard? Blah, blah, blah. And then I remember for those who have been given much or entrusted much, much is expected. And I believe we've all been given this this greatest gift of all. It's called life. And God created us to live that life in oneness and unity with God, which is love. And so so the road to the cross is indeed costly. Now, next Sunday here at West, I hope that you will invite your friends. If you're gonna be out of town for Easter weekend, I hope that you'll worship with us online like so many are doing this morning or, or catch up afterwards. It's going to be a powerful service. The music will be amazing and, and the message will be hopefully at least mediocre, but uh, I promise not to try to like screw it up or anything. But uh, we vow to you that if you invite friends that are not 
churched. Uh, they don't go to a church. They're done with church. They think organized religion stinks. If, if you can get them to come here next Sunday, I promise that they will not leave feeling threatened or we will not live into what their presuppositions about church really are. That's one of the reasons West exists is to break that barrier. <laughs> Biggest surprise I have had in... Today we are finishing up our going viral series and we recognize that a couple of thousand years ago, whether you, whether you believe in the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth or not, whether you are a Christian, uh, the bottom line is something took took root and it went viral. It had to have for us to be celebrating this a couple of thousand years later. He did not have thousands of followers when he went and he taught and he healed and he loved and he, and he ultimately changed the world. So what was it that was so unique about that man that went viral that we are sitting here and, and gathering together with millions of Christians across the world today celebrating that? Well, well it was his radical love and that's the bottom line, that that road to the cross shows us that road to wholeness, that role to being at one with God, atonement. So uh, we all have pathways in our lives that we have to take. I believe that we would all agree on that. Many of us probably uh, like our paths that we're on right now. There are probably others of us here right now that feel like our pathway is, is strewn with hurdles and, and lots of things that are getting in our way. And maybe some of us just feel stuck. So I want us to talk about talk about our road right now. If you got the devotion this morning, it talks about the road less traveled. Each day this week during Holy Week, you're going to get a devotion. If you did not get an email from me this morning, then you're not on our devotion list. If you would like to receive the devotions, uh, just send me an email, andreaheadingwest.org, and we'll make sure you get on the list. But this morning in the devotion, we talked about the road less traveled. And so I want us to stop for just a second and think about what it means when we're on on a path or we're on a road and we just get stuck. So I'm going to confess to you something that I did a couple of weeks ago uh, just because it's a teachable point. I'm also going to confess to Scott because he has no idea that I did this and I was hoping to not ever let him know, but uh, it's, a, it's a teachable point this morning. So uh, spare me the lecture after worship's over because that's why you don't know that I did this. But a couple of weeks ago on a Monday morning, and I'm fully transparent. If you're new to West, I just tell you... I I'm real just like you are. I'm not up on some kind of preacher pedestal. And so that's just who I am. A couple of weeks ago on a Monday morning, I had a, a, a meeting that I was really looking forward to. It's with uh, one of our key leaders who is, is just amazing and selfless. And, and he loves me for who I am and does not expect preacher pretenses. And I tell you that to say it was an eight o'clock Monday morning meeting. Sundays sometimes are really long. So by the time I get to Sunday night and then you know Monday morning rolls around, 
I am not at my best. I don't know that I'm ever at my best, but you know, it, it looks a little rougher than it does right now. And so I asked him on Sunday evening when we were at another function together, I said, hey, do you care what I look like in the morning? And he said, no, it is an eight o'clock meeting. I do not care. And see, on Mondays, usually it's my writing day and, and my prep for the sermon. Uh, so I, I spend a lot of time alone on Mondays trying to get ready for the Sunday that's coming. And so I threw on probably just, you know, some nasty clothes, and uh, some flip-flops. Now, that's what the pivotal part of this story is about, are the flip-flops. It was a little cold that Monday. In fact, they had said it would snow, but I've absolutely given up on the weather forecast for this region because when they say it's going to snow and they predict all the snow, then there's no snow. Like yesterday, rain. It was supposed to rain all day long, so we canceled the egg hunt, and then I saw like this much rain. But anyway, so there was supposed to be snow. I didn't think it would snow. I thought it'd be cold. I'd go to the office. I'd hang out there all day long, and then I'd go back home. So it did not matter that I did not have in my car a coat, socks, shoes, anything other than sweat, sweatpants and a sweatshirt and some flip-flops. Well, I went to the office, had, had a great meeting, and then I was feeling so energized and empowered after their meeting, that meeting, and there were some things that I needed to go take care of as a result of that meeting. I decided that I was going to go run some errands. Now, I did notice outside the window that snow had begun to fall during this time period, and I thought, yeah, it's just a little snow. It's been really, really warm. Nothing will happen. So I went, got in my car. Again, keep in mind, no coat, no shoes, no socks, just some flip-flops. And I decided that I was going to go to Troutman. Now, I'm not sure what possessed me to want to go to Troutman, but that's just what I thought was logical at the time. And so got in my little Mustang car because I refused to drive a mom mobile now that no one rides with me anywhere. And so I got in the little car and I started down Perth Road. Now, it begins to snow harder at this point in time. And I, I think, hmm, Perhaps I should not run, said Aaron. Perhaps I should just turn around and go back to the office. But I also am innately stubborn, and I really wanted to get these things accomplished, so I just kept driving. In the meantime, Scott, who was like in Chicago or, or somewhere far away, sends me text. They're calling school off today. Uh, right now, they're sending kids home. And I'm like, oh, it's fun. And you know, then like two minutes later, I look at the road in front of me, and it is nothing but ruts. Now, I am not a good driver, and it is why you shouldn't drive around here in the snow, because if I'm on the roads, it is dangerous. Uh, I am not a good driver, probably in a good day, but when there are little ruts in the road, it causes me just a tad bit of anxiety. And so at some point, uh, deep in the bowels between you know here and Troutman on a road where there's not a lot of traffic and not a lot going on, I, I come to the stop sign. Now, there was a Camaro in front of me, and I noticed we were all going really slow. We were being very careful. Uh, he came to a, he or she came to a stop, and so I did as well. But then, when it came time to go, there were issues. And all of a sudden, I noticed his car turns like at a 90-degree angle in the road. And I'm like, hmm, Camaro Mustang. Probably same kind of like driving capacity Although I didn't know at the time it's rear wheel drive and that's why I had issues, but I've learned that since then. Um, what am I gonna do? So he, his car is like at a 90 degree angle and then he finally gets it back to where it's going straight again. And I thought, okay, take note, 
probably gonna happen to you. Sure enough, I, I gave it just a little bit of gas and the car goes sideways and I'm like, I'm gonna have a really hard time explaining to Scott why I have wrecked the car on my way to Troutman in the snow, which I probably shouldn't even be going to Troutman anyway right now because it's snowing and um, why I don't have coach shoes, all that kind of stuff. And so um, got my car to go back straight and, and started going and, and continuing. Now at this point in time, I realized that this is a bad decision. And I didn't know what to do. Because you see, I had gone far enough on the path that it was too far to turn around. But I wasn't yet where I needed to be. Long story short, I finally got to downtown Troutman, found a bank that had an empty parking lot, and I just sat there, determined that I was going to wait out the snowstorm, and uh, realized that I shouldn't have drank all the water earlier that day. I traipsed through the snow with no shoes on, just the flip-flops in like inches of water, went over to the gas station, and the very nice lady, I had to buy gum because I felt guilty for using their restroom, and the nice lady goes, honey... Do you not have any shoes? <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am, I do. I just don't have any sense. And so therefore, I didn't put the shoes on this morning. And uh, she goes, well, I'm worried about your feet. I'm like, it's gonna be fine. So I run back to the car and just sit there, miserable. Because like, what do you do in your car, in the snow, in Troutman, with, with no internet for, you know, like an hour and a half? That's how long I sat there. My small group was ready that Wednesday night. I read my Bible study book. But the bottom line is, I was caught. I was trapped because of my own stupidity. We all make mistakes, I mean, that's a pretty innocuous one, you know, made a bad judgment call. Scott probably doesn't think so. But I mean, it was really a pretty innocent error. But sometimes in our lives, we do this thing called sin. We don't like to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. But, but sin is, is that which separates us from God. And God is love. So we do these things and, and they capture us in chains like the song that we sang just a little bit ago. Chain Breaker is such a powerful song because you see, when we do things that are not an act of love, whether it's toward ourselves or others or God, we get caught and bound by these chains of life. And if we aren't careful, what we find that happens is that path that we're on, that road and that pathway that we're on, we get stuck. We can't turn around because going backward is, is never really a good option. We can't go forward because we don't know what's going to await us when we do because we can't break free of the things that hold us captive. So we just sit and we stay. And when we stay put on our pathway of life, we lose. Because at no point in our journey are we ever told to just stop and give up. So Jesus, the one whose love went viral and, and his life went viral, so 
on a, on, a, on a morning such as this a couple of thousand years ago, he gets ready to set out on his last path. It's his last road. He has been teaching for three years. He has, he has touched immeasurable lives. People were believing him that you know he was giving them a glimpse of God and showing them what life with God would be. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the way. He taught them all these things. And so on that morning, Morning, he gets ready to set out to go into Jerusalem. Now, prior to this, he had been making his way. This was not an accidental path. It was a very intentional one. And I think the way that Mark records this part of his journey is so powerful. So hear this from the book of Mark chapter 10. They, being Jesus and his disciples, were on their way up to Jerusalem but here's, here's the key thing that Mark says that no one else says. With Jesus leading the way, the disciples were astonished and those who followed were afraid. He took the 12 aside and told them what was going to happen. He said, we're gonna go up to Jerusalem and the son of man is going to be betrayed to the chief priest and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death They will hand him over to the Gentiles and they are going to mock him and they are going to spit on him. They're gonna flog him and then they are going to kill him. And three days later, he will rise. So they're getting ready to go on their path up to Jerusalem through a cavern and and they're gonna walk this path and and Jesus does something he never does in the entire three years that he spent with them in ministry. Instead of being in the middle of them or bringing up the rear because he was so selfless, he led the way. Now, what does that mean to us today on this Palm Sunday as we get ready to come to the table and then ultimately take our own journey to the cross? It means that Jesus always leads the way. Even when our path is just filled with hurdles and potholes and it seems like no matter how hard we try or how fast we try to go or how slow and meticulous we are at traveling that path of life, we just keep getting beat up and bruised. But Jesus leads the way. He tells us that if we go and we will follow him all the way to the cross, that there at that cross, we will experience life. That's what the cross is about. If you didn't hear Amy Cole's message last Sunday about atonement and the the sacrificial theory of atonement, please go back and listen because it says really powerful things. We get so caught up about the cross being about the blood of Jesus shed for us that we miss the beauty of the message that this cross led to absolute wholeness and our being able to be atoned, to be at one with God. And so when Jesus leads the way, it shows us that I don't care how bad the journey is or how stuck we are, wherever we are, whether it's our actions that have caused us to be that or we just are, you know, at the mercy of life and disease and illness and job loss and all these things, whatever it is, whether it is self-inflicted or just circumstances that are beyond our control, Jesus always, always leads the way. And that is a promise worth holding on to. 
Jesus leads us all the way to the cross so that, so that the things that we have in our lives that we need to give death to, those ashes can be turned into life. Jesus leads the way. The things that happened in between that morning when the people who expected this, this governmental ruler, religious king to, to lead the way, if you, if you go and you read in the Gospels the things that happened from Monday until Friday, you see all the, the message, his message of hope and sacrifice and selflessness and grace and forgiveness and love all rolled up in one. Jesus leads the way. Jesus paves the way. And I don't care where we are on our pathway right now. There is nothing so big that it can hold us back from following him. We just have to be willing to put one foot in front of the other and travel on the way. That's what happened when the disciples were with him in that upper room that night. Now, keep in mind, you just heard that he told them, you know, look, we're going to go up to Jerusalem. And when we get there, it's not going to be pretty. They don't like me. They don't like that I have reclassified what religion is, how to be at one with God. They, I'm not real popular right now. But if you'll follow me, Believe what I'm telling you. Death won't win. The worst things won't be the last things. Now keep in mind, that was the first of the week. So on Thursday evening, when they were gathered together in the upper room, he knew that this would be the last meal that he was ever able to have with them. They were celebrating the, the festival of the Passover, but he knew it needed new meaning. And so as he took the bread and he broke the bread and he gave thanks to God for the bread, he said, take and eat of this, each of you. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup that had been, you know, associated with the blood of the, the lamb that was placed over their door on Egypt uh, so many thousands of years ago. And he said, you know, he gave thanks to God and then he said, I want you to drink of this, all of you. For this is the cup of the new covenant that is shed for you. For you and for all, for forgiveness of your sins. Drink of this and remember me. This morning, I invite you to take a few steps to the, to the path of the table that is open to all people. It's one of the most beautiful things about the United Methodist Church. Uh, there aren't uh, uh, criteria and rules around who can come and receive this beautiful, beautiful gift of grace. After you come to the table, we have a gluten-free station in the center. We have two, and then we have one in the back. I invite you to go back to your seats, because then for a few moments, we're going to reflect on what it means to go to the cross but for right now, I invite you to go with me to God in prayer. Gracious God, will you pour out your spirit on this bread and on this cup?
Make it be for us your body and your blood so that we can remember that Jesus did lead the way. He led the way all through the paths and hurdles that life brought and he took us to the cross where that death could no longer have the victory, life could. God, reveal in each of us the things that are holding us stuck in our path, whether it's fear or unworthiness, all the things that are just binding us. God, break free those chains that hold us and let us boldly and courageously and humbly follow you. Pour out your spirit. Make this be for us the body and the blood of Christ. In Christ's name. Monday morning a couple of weeks ago, the the interesting thing that I didn't tell you is that when I left the office parking lot, it it was a, a little hill, and my car like spun going up that road, and it had just started to snow. Now, there was a little voice in the back of my mind that said, hmm, maybe Troutman's not such a good idea, Andrea, but it didn't listen The really cool and powerful thing about God is that even when we don't listen and even when we make mistakes, God redeems all things, all things. And we are all children of a powerful God. So whatever this morning you need to have redeemed, I invite you to bring it to the cross Because a couple of thousand years ago, that's where we got the beautiful picture of what life really is. We have two crosses, one in the back and one up here. I invite you to leave in silence as the worship team sings. I invite you to come either up here or back there and and take a nail. And nail whatever it is that you need to give to God so that you can experience oneness and wholeness. Nail it to the cross. And then next Sunday, we will all experience true life. Go in peace.